Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome back to the Masterclass, the number one Manchester United tactical podcast brought to you by Manscaped. I am Haydar Abanians and I'm your host as ever. Today I'm joined by my co-host Rob Blanchett. Before we begin, I just want to say that today's a really, really poignant day for this club. And you know, we're thinking about all those affected by the Munich Airs disaster. 63 years, never ever forgotten. Rob, that first half for me was exactly the sort of performance you, you want to see from Manchester United. You dominated territory, possession. Uh, you know, we were playing on the front foot, fullbacks going forward. We were aggressive. I mean, the sort of performance of Buzzy Babes would be absolutely delighted to see. And then that ending, some of that defending today was absolutely shocking. Welcome back. You must be as frustrated as I am. I don't want to talk about the Buzzy Babes today. We know all about that. We all know, feel sorry about it. This is about how Manchester United manage themselves in the modern day. What is going on at the football club? Today, United played really well. They played really well today. It's probably the best I've seen them pass the ball this season. Progressively moving up the pitch. They were really, really good. What did they do wrong? They were just a naive bunch of idiots at the end of the game. This is what happens in the Premier League. What do I always say about aggression and going for it, knowing what you're doing? In that last minute, the game the game management from the 90th minute onwards was horrendous. From the moment that De Gea catches a cross in minute 90 and tries to counter-attack out of his hands immediately. Do you remember that? Yeah, he tried to kick it long and tried to counter. And then United lost the ball, so Everton get the ball back. And then the ball goes on the right-hand side and Aaron Wambasaka tries to counter-attack. Did you remember that? Tried to slide the ball into Cavani when he didn't need to. Could have just gone down the line or dribbled it. And then the ball gets obviously to the left-hand side and Tuanzebe makes that foul. And that's not really Tuanzebe's fault. He's trying to stop the play. But even then, when that ball goes in the box, Harry Maguire drops too deep, plays everyone onside. You see that with the, with the replay. And as soon as Calvert-Lewin is in, David De Gea has to throw everything at that to save and make that last gasp save. And he didn't. It's a, it's a disaster. It's a defeat. It's a three-all defeat. You know what I always say about not getting too high and not getting too low? This is the kind of ones where you can kind of look at it and say, right, there are games where you play well and you lose. And sometimes there's games where you don't play so well and you nick it. It happens in football. But this game was finished. It was over. And Manchester United have got to realise that in these last 10 minutes of matches that they've got to be smarter. And today they weren't smart. They allowed a sucker punch right at the end of the game from a ball coming at the, from the halfway line in the air, plenty of time to look at it, and they didn't deal with it. 
The captain has got something to say today, I think. You know, he dropped too deep. He plays everyone on side. But really, two of the goals today were about David De Gea. And it's difficult to talk about goalkeepers in a progressive manner when they make mistakes because all goalkeepers make errors. But I think for the first Everton goal today where he parries it and then there where he's just not brave and he's not aggressive, he doesn't come for the ball. He doesn't face the striker. He doesn't make it hard for Calvert-Lewin to put the ball in the back of the net in the 94th, 95th minute. I think we can question whether the referee should have blown his whistle before that. You know, the 94th minute rolls over and there was an injury. So maybe there was a few seconds left on the clock. But it's a gut punch. You know, I'm talking here and I can't breathe. I'm kind of like thinking, because it's the most disappointing way to drop points. If United have dropped points because of a brilliant bit of Everton play or something like that, you can say, great. But this was about Manchester United chucking two of these three points away. And, you know, they deserved the three points today. They were the better team. Everton weren't that great. Everton did some good things. But it was more about the naivety of the team and mistakes from players who are veterans who you don't expect it from. Absolutely spot on, Rob. Guys, please get your comments in, everyone. We've got so many new listeners in here as well. I want to hear all your comments. Share them with us. Let's all vent together because that really does feel like a loss. Look, Rob. I said this last week, I think our inability to keep clean sheets is a real, real problem. You shouldn't have to score three goals at home to win a game. You know, it's not just one or two games we've seen this. We we let we let the opposition have silly goals. We switch off. I mean, Rob, we dominated today. We had 14 shots to their five. Their two goals or three goals now came from mistakes. I think there's a more wider issue. And I think the issue is with our press. I'm talking defending as a whole. We can see a lot of chances when our fullbacks get pushed up, when they push up to press the opposition fullbacks. What happens is they're caught up the pitch and the two in the double pivot, whoever's playing, they don't cover the spaces. So then what happens, and we saw that today with the second goal, Maguire and Lindelof are left playing against Calvert-Lewin, who's definitely much quicker than them. And that's always a recipe for disaster. We saw that Lindelof was a 1v1 in the channel. You know, Maguire and Shaw... Were, were completely out of position. It's just frustrating. I mean, is that what you saw today as well? Because for me, I'm seeing mistakes come, and we saw this with Martial against Sheffield United. We don't defend as a team, or we don't, uh, we're not a solid unit as a team. And then what happens is obviously when it comes down to the defense, there's mistakes. Um, no, I don't. It's not what I saw today in terms of the press. I'm not trying to be contrary or anything like that, just because, you know, it's been put forward on a in a disappointing uh, result. For me, the press has to come. We talk about the fullbacks there and the, and the kind of the, the first wave press and the second wave press. Today, United's first wave press was fine. It was good. Cavani and Bruno worked like dogs, as you expect. That's uh, one of the big pluses of having Cavani at the number nine is that he gives you that little bit more in terms of being aggressive and mobile in those areas. Um, and when we talk about the fullbacks, I think what, we, what we're seeing is it's the story of what you want them to do for 90 minutes or let's say 89 minutes to make it simple. They did the right things. I want my fullbacks pressing. I don't care about what's going on behind. That's up to them who's behind there to do that job. So I'm not going to highlight the fullbacks when they're finally, 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 after all these years, doing the right things. So those fullbacks are pushing, and that's what I want them to do. I don't want Aaron Wambasaka trying to counterattack in the 90th minute when you're winning 3-2. 
No, I don't want that. I don't want United to be silly and stupid in those situations. I want them to get the ball in the deck and have a boring last 10 minutes by frustrating the opponents. And United did that for a bit. But what I didn't like was that you saw the bit where Maguire got fouled and it wasn't given. And that game that came from just trying to be too cute. Yeah, pass the ball back to De Gea 40 yards and slow the game down. Keep the ball, stretch the game. That's what you do. This is what I think is more important today. I must admit, Haydar, I don't want to talk about the press. There was nothing wrong with the press today. What was the problem with United is when you look at the goals and you look at how Everton sat up, Everton thought, we are going to expose the channels. We're going to expose the space between Wambasaka and Lindelof and the space between Luke Shaw and Maguire. Now, that's not about the press. That's not the press at all. It's about how quick your centre-backs are. That's what it's about. And we have two centre-backs who are slow. And they're not just slow, but they're cumbersome as well. So when they're on the ball and you want them maybe to pick and pop, you know, just to get the ball going so you can kind of move out of the dangerous areas, they're not as good as that. What they are good at and what they've become better at, and they did it today, is they've both got better at dribbling the ball out into the space. So that pushes the whole press and pushes the team in the correct direction. I think Lindelof and Maguire did that well today. But that was a game where United shouldn't have even conceded one goal. And it comes from idiocy. Comes from being stupid in the wrong moments. David De Gea in the first goal has to use his feet there. You know, he always uses his feet. And today he decides to go down and parry the ball. As soon as you parry the ball, you give the second striker coming in the chance to put it in the net. That's what happened. And then in that last goal there, you need Harry Maguire to hold the line. So he needs to be barking orders at the whole of the team. I'm the line. I'm the captain. Stick with it. But what did he do? He drops just one foot further back. And it's quite clear from the camera angle that he plays everyone onside. And in the last minute, what are you going to do? The ball's going to come long, isn't it? Just defend it. Do something and defend it. And they didn't. So... Today was about mistakes. It wasn't actually about tactics and formations. United played a good game of football. You know, I think the front line was ticking. A really should... good game of football, Rob. I really enjoyed it. And... It was a good game of football. And the thing yeah. is, this this is the thing. It's like we can, we, we can pontificate about what happened and how it happened and all of this. United weren't bad today. They really, really weren't bad. From back to front in general, it was a good game of football. They put it all together. But it shows in this league, and I keep saying it. In the Premier League, if you are not aggressive till the final whistle, you lose games, you drop points, you concede goals. That is what happened today. I've seen a few comments there say about Tuan Zabi give the foul away. Well, the problem is what happens before Tuan Zabi gives the foul away. So even in the in the top corner, when, when Marcus has got the ball in the corner flag and then gives it away, and you kind of think, oh. And then when it goes across the pitch, and Aaron gives the ball away by playing a 40-yard ball trying into Cavani. Don't try and get the fourth goal in the 90th minute. Just keep the ball. Or go to so the corner, Rob. Just keep the ball. You know, when you're on a football pitch, doesn't matter if you're a professional or not, yeah, in those scenarios, you put it on the deck and you play five-yard passes and they run out of steam because they're chasing you and the game ends. So United were the wor own worst enemy today. It's not the first time I've ever said that about this football team. And it's a mixture of naivety, but also just the players that you expect to take responsibility in the bigger moments in defence, not taking that responsibility there. David Haye will be dropped now. I've got no doubt about it. Now, he didn't play badly today, David Haye, but he made two critical errors at the point when you need him to be peak David De Gea. 
when you need him there in that last moment, you know, we know he's not going to come out of his uh, box and clear everyone out, is he? But as soon as that ball drops, he's got to come out big. He's got to make it really, really hard for Calvert-Lewin. But what did they all do? Offside ref. They all did it. All put their hands up. Offside. Don't be bottlers, you know. Don't be cowards. Go and deal with the ball first. And then you can maybe put your hand up for offside. But it was desperate. And it shouldn't have been. In that moment, Everton were cooked. The game was finished. The game was finished from about the 84th, 85th minute onwards. And United allowed them to have one last chance. And it came from not being able to put the ball on the deck and do the simple stuff. That's what we've been saying for a long time, Robin. Ben's got a comment here. It's hoping we'd learned that lesson from the lesser game, not seeing it out. It's a massive problem. Just... This is why we went with the title. You know, we said, this is what I was going to say. This is exactly what I was going to say. Me, oh, Rob, you're gonna, you know, you, do you think United can win the title? And it's always a loaded question because, of course, United could win the title, but United won't win the title. Because of why would they, because why of would the they not win the title? Because of what we just saw today. Yeah, but the thing is, hey, Doug, football is a game about goals, scoring goals, and conceding goals. You will concede goals. It's normal. Conceding goals is not a problem. Winning games is what matters. Manchester United won this game. So you could concede two today. And you've won 3-2 and no one cares. And we don't sit here going, oh, 3-2. Oh, we're gutted. We conceded twice today. No, we're saying United played a good game of football, which they did. And they went and won it at the correct end of the pitch, which is by scoring goals. In this kind of scenario, it's more about managing the moment. Yeah. And I will say with Manchester United, they are a team of moments, both ends of the pitch, dealing with situations, either scoring goals or stopping them. This was a moment, wasn't it? You look at it and you think, at half time, I tweeted, you know, United should expect Everton to come at them now. So we need to kind of just play a little bit deeper, soak it up a little bit more and play a little bit more football in those areas. United didn't do that. What happened? That We considered two goals in the blink of an eye. At the end of the game, the game is over. You've, you know, Scott McTominay, great header, gets up there, bad goalkeeper from Olsen. You're 3-2 up. Manchester City, in those scenarios, just suck the life out of the game. Make substitutes, pass the ball around. 20 minutes, you're not getting a touch. United still can't do that. That's still something that they find difficult, even though today the ball retention was excellent. I just yeah, don't 90, see... 90% like, like every, everyone, everyone's going to have opinions about the centre-backs and about who should play. And people will either say, you know, like Tuin Zabie's made a mistake today on that right-hand side, but I'm not blaming him. I'm certainly not blaming him. But I'm looking at our two centre-backs, our two primary centre-backs, and saying, are these two ever going to win United a, a, a title? And the, the, the answer to me is obviously no. And that's why I'm not bothered about League Cups and FA Cups and all of that. Those things don't matter. What matters is becoming better in the Premier League, seeing out every game like a professional outfit and being as good as you can be. We didn't do that today, Haydar. And that comes from your senior players. Your senior players lead. I had no problem with the press. I had no problem with Bruno and Cavani leading that. They worked hard. There was no Martial today. Pogba was off the pitch injured. So even the kind of the normal conspirators that people go on about, they weren't there. This is about players taking responsibility in that moment. For a long ball to come and get done like that with a goalkeeper up there as well and your own goalkeeper not to react, it stinks. You know, Ole will be in there now reading the riot act because it's the nature of the draw not actually the draw itself absolutely rob just a quick uh announcement guys obviously as you know we're with manscaped you can get 20 percent off plus free shipping using the code united master uh maybe cheer yourself up after that well it feels like a gut punch rob absolute gut punch and i'm just i'm so frustrated because i do want to talk about some of the positives i know that 
we've lost the game, but there was a lot of good today, Rob. There really was a lot of good. I mean, I want to start with the front three. I thought Mason Greenwood was fantastic today. Something about Greenwood is, that I'm noticing is that he's starting to develop other areas of his game. So what we saw today is that he's increased his creativity. So he's not just shooting at every opportunity, something that I have criticised him before. I know when he gets in the box, there's no one else that you want to be putting the ball in the back of the net, but he looked a lot more composed today. He has done for the last couple of games he's played, operated well in tight spaces. He carried the ball well, you know, he passed progressively. I thought he had a really good game. And then couple that with Cavani. I mean, Cavani's movement for the goal was absolutely fantastic. And Gary Neville said something very, very interesting. He said, you know, the introduction of the right senior player can do wonders, especially when you've got talented youngsters around. I mean, Cavani, you know, while he is 33, while he isn't a long-term option, he's a cracking player for these young lads to learn from in terms of attitude, the way he worked and pressed today in terms of his movement. is I mean, the way he got those two yards on Michael Keane was fantastic. And Rashford with a brilliant cross. Again, another player that's adding something to his game across from the, the right. He's done that two times this season. He did it with Pogba's goal against Burnley. But, you know, those are positives. Bruno Fernandes with a fantastic goal. This was a good performance today, Rob, especially on the front foot. I mean, Everton had absolutely nothing. The first sort of 20 minutes, they were more, I would say they were probably the side that was more comfortable, but United blew them away. And you should not be losing a 2-0 lead at home. It's just absolutely ludicrous. And City would not do this, Rob, would they? Liverpool of last season would not have done this. The top sides that win titles and win the biggest trophies do not let teams back the way we did in the first seven minutes at half time. United should have had this wrapped up and... That's a frustrating thing because, you know, we've played worse this season and we've lo and we've won games. This, for me, apart from what we saw at the back, was almost one of our best performances this season. It was a really good performance, but performances don't win you matches. You know, it, it, they don't. You know, like performances are a good thing. We can analyse them, break them down. And I think this is the kind of game where if you break it into sections, into the first half, maybe the first 20 minutes of the second half and maybe the last 10 minutes, then you can kind of look at almost three different matches as to what Manchester United did. Performances give you confidence, but what matters is being clinical and being ruthless. That's what matters. So at 2-0 at half time. United didn't take their foot off the gas, but what they allowed was that Everton could utilise their shape. Now, when you think about the two goals that Everton scored, both in the De Gea uh, parry and then really Hamas Rodriguez being given a holiday in Manchester United's penalty area to strike that ball and put it in the bottom corner, they're all bad things. They're all moments. This is why I always call Manchester United a moments team. They are a moments team. It's about how they deal with the moment. In those situations, they didn't deal with it very well. At 90 minutes, you see, that's this is why when we talk about managers and tactics and one thing or another, that had like nothing to do with Ole. That's up to the players in that split second to just do their job, hear the final whistle and go home to bed. But it, it's an issue when you kind of look at how do you manage these games, game to game to game to game to game, to get enough points to be a title-challenging team. And this is, I think, where Manchester United are in terms of their crossroads, is that there's no doubt there's good players. So like we said, Cavani, we, we can't debate if Cavani's a good number nine. We didn't we, we knew that before he came to Manchester United. And when he's retired in years to come, everyone will look back and say Cavani was a generational talent. He's an absolute superstar hero in Uruguay. So those things are not debatable. What is debatable is things like shape, systems, an attitude. And I think in that moment there, Manchester United, you see, it's just taking your foot off the gas for that little split second and everyone kind of going, like as I said, the classic hand in the air offside. 
No, just deal with the ball. Go and deal with it. Don't step back as well. I said Maguire in that moment steps back, plays everyone on side. It's not. It's also not as kind of easy as saying, well, oh, let's just sell one today because you can't. Transfer window's closed. You can't get your, your targets anyway this time of year, even before. Even though I know we got Bruno a year ago, that's a different matter. It's a one-off. But it's about looking towards the future. I still think that Manchester United need a centre-back at some point in the future, and they might need two. Whether you can get them to really get, you know, like we said in the last program, can you get that 80 million player that, that you makes get you better? And Paolo Torres? Because you know what? Maybe not need to do that. I'm not sure. I'm going to say it, Rob. I'm not sure. I mean, there's a question here about regarding Maguire. Um, I can't find it. But the question was, should he be dropped if he's essentially if he's not playing well? Because... I think, I, I think he's played well. I think he, I, I think generally speaking, over the last what maybe two three months, I don't want to be reactionary about him, um, but sort of the impression that I get is he's undroppable. That's just the way I see it. You know, I think that today, I mean, if you look at who scored, he was the lowest performing player in Manchester United's team. I think he was he was poor today, Rob. And the question is, you know, when do you look at perhaps Bailly with Lindelof? When do you when do you mix it up a little bit? Because you're playing Maguire every single game. I I don't like the sound of Bailly and Lindelof. Just feels like desperation. So I, I get it. I get that Mag that Maguire isn't quick enough, and that is the issue. It's not whether it's ball playing. Like as I just said, I think he steps out with the ball with more confidence. He seems to know what he's doing there. That's obviously a set play that United have practiced. In uh, in training is that he steps out and he gets the ball into the corners, either into Rashford, and that allows the fullbacks to overlap. So that works. So he's showing that he has got value on that end. The problem is, hey, though, he's just never going to be quicker. That's all it is. So you know, we're saying is someone good it's enough. It's what we said. It's, it's you know, what we said it, last week. It, it, it's it's like that. It's like the dance that you can't dance. Do you know what I mean? It's like your feet are always going to be like two left feet. Ultimately, he's never going to be quick enough. So it's not whether the question isn't, is he good enough? Because he might be good enough. He's just not quick enough. So in that scenario there today, like we saw in the last two or three minutes, you needed United just to play a bit of quick pick and pop. Yeah, play it along the line. It was a couple of times when the ball was even in their half. And my head in 88, 89th minute, I was going, this is when I would just turn my back on the play with the ball and boot it 50 yards back to De Gea. And everyone would go, oh, time wasting. Who cares? It's time wasting. That's what you do. Instead, Game management, what, Rob. That's, that's what, what the yeah, tight winning sides do. Instead, what they did was that when the ball was at Maguire's feet or Lindelof's feet, they just kind of played slow. And playing slow allows your opponent to come onto you. And you play slow because you're slow and you're trying to slow the game down. But that's not actually the way to slow a game down. The best way to do it is to pass the ball clean and crisply, use your goalkeeper and stretch the play. So it goes back to De Gea. De Gea can have a, a smoke on the edge of his box with the ball. No one's going to press him because Everton are tired and you see the game out. So it is game management, like you just said there. I think that's a huge part of this. It's a learning process. You know, again, the sting of this hurts now for you, for me, for everyone watching who are United fans. But it's about kind of going back now and analysing what can you do better. And when you think about the progress of the team over the season and then wherever we are at the end of the season, the big questions are going to be fundamental ones. Is your centre-back, the captain of your football club, quick enough? No. What do you do? We have to go and buy someone. Is Tuinze be ready? Another fundamental question. Well, he's not getting minutes, so we can't say yes or no. So today he made a little wear on the right-hand side and people will blame him for that. 
So you have to think about will two and Zabi get minutes? You know, is he a is he a future player at the football club? Then you have to look at other things and say, if you're going to bring someone in, do you bring a Sergio Ramos in? Do you bring someone who's an experienced player like a Cavani, who maybe fixes that hole and allows you to wait a year or two for your £80 million centre-back, but doesn't kind of take the quality away? Might not be as quick. We know he's not quick, Ramos. But Ramos manages all of that much, much better. Yeah. Ramos in that last minute goes and cleans everyone out on the edge of the box when that ball's in the air. And Ramos doesn't care. If he gets sent off, he doesn't care. You win the game. He goes, my job is done. And United need a little bit more of that. You know, this is why I keep proclaiming and uh, trying to promote aggression. Because when you're aggressive, good things happen. And what happened with United there, I think, in the last two or three minutes, only the last two and three minutes, they were passive and they allowed Everton to get a chance. An Everton team, as I said, were cooked. They were finished. Dominic Calvert-Lewin got nothing really all night. We're saying the defenders didn't play well. Well, you know, bar the goals, which is a funny thing to say, Everton didn't really get a lot of joy out of United's defence. Um, I wasn't really worried about the space between the fullbacks because Everton weren't exploiting it, even though it was there. Rob, the two goals came from, from well, three goals, um, including the last one there, all from our mistakes. We were comfortable all game, Rob, and that's why it's so frustrating. It's not like Everton carved us open. It's not like, you know, they played fantastic football. We gave them three goals today. We gave them the point. They they didn't do anything of any sort. And, that and you know, the front... If I was a forwards, the front four, I'd be absolutely furious at the, at the back line and at the goalkeeper. And this is where it comes to this question from Mark, you know, should De Gea be dropped? Uh, you did mention it a little bit earlier, you know, no, it's one. Yeah, game. I do. I think he should be dropped. Off, I, 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 I think one mistake is bad. One mistake is bad. Two mistakes. I do think the third goal. He he needs to do a little bit more. You know, when you're facing up there, come out. At, you know, at Dom, make Dominic Calvert Lewin make a decision instead of just letting him slot it to the side of you. Um, I I think that De Gea in those moments looked like a goalkeeper who was a bit stiff. You know, in terms of his mental capacity. Um, does Henderson come out full? You know. Arms out like Peter Schmeichel trying to save that last moment? Potentially, yes. Does he do better with the other goals? Potentially, yes. That means that you win the game. So sometimes it is just very, very fine margins. We know that with football. Um, but you can't really... like when, when the team's played that well, you can't even say, well, let's change loads of things around because that would be the wrong thing to do as well. The frustration comes from naivety and, as you said, game management. Yeah, I mean, Christian's kindly provided us with Ollie's comments after the game. I'm really pleased to see this. He knows exactly. Uh, he he's agrees with us. It's not on him. It's on the players. Lack of game management. Lack of courage. Uh, lack of leaders. I mean, he said here we had to get the ball in the corner and see it out. Poor goals concede. Ollie said mm. this after the game. Guys, he didn't understand that. Thank you, Christian, for that. And it's absolutely spot on. Ollie will know that. And I hope he goes into that dressing room. Well, look, they all know that as well. But, Rob, I mean, there's a good question here. Uh, from Avrajit saying, what can be done to improve our efficiency in the last 10 minutes of the game? This has been going on for some time now. Surely Oli must have noticed this. I honestly don't think, well, we said this many times, we don't have a player that can come in the midfield and take this thing out of the game. We don't have anyone that can control the tempo. And, and I do also think as well, Rob, that um, I, I think that this team doesn't trust the defence. I feel like they they feel they have to play. They have to keep on attacking, keep on having to scoring. That's I, I just don't think that they feel comfortable saying, look, we're going to knock the ball around. 
It's worth noting that this happened to Manchester United in a championship season under Fergie, where we where we drew four four with Everton, where Fellaini scored twice. We all remember that, and Pienaar scored. I was at that game. On so, the first, up, Rob, so, so, so yeah. So let's again think about revisionism. And it does happen. So what we're seeing today is not something that hasn't happened before to Manchester United, not just against Everton, but in general football terms. I think the issue comes, I don't think it's a trust issue. I really don't. I don't think the forwards are going, oh, we must keep the ball at this end of the pitch because, you know, Harry's a bit slow. I don't think they think that because it doesn't show in their play. The ball goes back to the centre-backs quite a bit. They do play a bit of pick and pop. And you do see the centre-backs maraud forward with the ball, even though they're not particularly quick. So that would kind of go against the thought of that there's no trust there. The issue is, Haydar, is naivety. Is that So the team are so dialled in to scoring goals, which is what we do want. We want them to be like that, that in the last 10 minutes, 20 minutes of games, they, they can't change their mindset. Now, I think that that is, on one part, coaching because I think Ole wants his team to be aggressive, so he pushes them to do those things. I think it's more about players taking responsibility in that moment. So like we've, we've highlighted here in the first kind of 28 minutes of the show here, all of the kind of little errors that led to, the, to why United drew this game. But you just have to rely on people to do their jobs, Haydar. You know, you have to say to people in that moment, you have to say to Lindelof, do you know what? You might not be the best header of the ball. And Harry, you might be pretty slow, but you've got to do better. Because if you don't do better, then you won't have a career at Manchester United. That's kind of the brass tacks of it. And the problem for Ole is that when you get a performance like that, that was so good, you're at Baines to kind of change the, the formations and, and tinker and bring in other players because it did work. It worked by and large for 90 minutes. What didn't work was those last little spells. Put the ball in the corner flag. That is not difficult to, to learn. That's not something that your manager should be telling you. You should know that game management. You'll see it on park football with kids. With a minute to go, they'll run it in the corners because they know what to do. It's a natural thing if you play football. But they weren't doing that. So like I said there, for me, the key moment was, was in that 90th minute where De Gea clears it out of his hands. And I was kind of going... Hold the just hold the ball. What you do, don't clear the don't clear it. Hold it. And he cleared it and it went to Cavani. They lost it and it came straight back. And I was thinking, right, that could be expensive. And it was expensive because when you put an extra 30 seconds on the clock, that's all it took. Yeah, because you helped that clock to keep ticking. He should have held the ball. And when da and when uh, Aaron gets the ball right back and plays that progressive pass on the right hand side, that's a great pass to play, you know, in the 25th minute. Brilliant pass. Don't pay that pass in the 90th minute. Turn your back on your player, dribble it the other way and play it back to the and keep the ball. That's naivety at the end of the day, Haydar, but it's up to players to learn all that stuff. You'll only learn, Rob, when you make the mistakes and you hope the next time this you happens. Do. That's 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 a positive way of looking at it. I mean, Asoko's saying, if there's one thing I will criticise Oli for, and there's, there's pretty much nothing from tonight, Rob, but it is the fact that I think he should have brought, and I agree with Asoko who's saying, should have brought Matic on. Why do we think that? Because he brings calmness to the midfield. He's the one who's got a bit of experience. He's the one I feel comfortable on the ball, you know, sort of in the last five minutes of the game to see it out. I think the Tunzebi one was... I think the issue is now, Rob, is that you're going to have people blaming Tunzebi, and, that, and that's a massive problem. It's not going to do anyone... That's their fault. That's up to them, isn't it? If they're going to blame Tunzebi, they're idiots. So this is the whole thing. Look, what I'll say about Matic is this. We have spent weeks on this show looking at the, the finite details of Manchester United. Matic is not in a great run form. Would we agree on this? 
Yeah, he's slow. That was a problem tonight. You don't want to put another slow player in there when you're trying to chase, you know, shadows. And you need to kind of, you will talk about calmness. The players on the pitch, Haydar, should have been able to do the job. Put it that way. That's the way I look at it. So that's the way I kind of see it is that you can look at long-term fixtures and say, right, you need a new centre-back. And that's something you can aspire to or you can get your scouting department working on those things as a football club. But as fans, you know, it, we can't just be, you know, knee-jerk on those things. If people want to go after Two and Zabi, they're not fans. They're not, they don't understand football. You know, they're, they're being the comp- kind of football fan that we don't really kind of entertain on this show. You know, we're not a fan channel. We're not going to entertain that kind of, you know, chasing players because they make a tiny error in one thing. But we're looking at the bigger picture, aren't we? You know, we're looking at kind of why United today drew 3-0 in a game that they should have won. And there are real pinpointers. I don't think it was the substitutions. You know, I don't think it was anything on the bench that Ole could have brought on. Some people will say, oh, bring Van der Beek on because he's Dutch and the Dutch keep the ball really well, don't they? No, it would have been, it wouldn't have worked, would it, in terms of form? Matic, I think his form is horrible at the moment. Really, really horrible. And yes, Matic from a year ago, I would have brought on. Matic from today on the 6th of February, nah, not having it. I don't really want him on. You could have brought him on at that moment when Pogba gets injured and you could have played a different kind of game. But Ole rightfully went to the double pivot. That is his best double pivot when people are trying to get behind him. He made the right choice doing that, for sure. Correct, correct. I agree, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I do want to actually talk about Pogba because I did get a message just now from, from one of my mates saying, uh, and we can discuss this, you know, if if Pogba had not got injured, would United have won that game? I know it's a very much, it's a very difficult thing to say, but I, I don't I don't necessarily think United lost the game because it was McFred in midfield. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe you have a different view to that. I don't think that's the issue at all. I think, I mean, I, I said to him, no, I, I messaged him back saying, no. I think that one of the biggest problems, Rob, is that I do it a lot as well. We all do it. It's very binary, your favourite words. So we say, oh, if this happens... That if this didn't happen, should have done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I just don't think football works like that, Rob. But um, look, G Man's got a really good. Well, it's exactly how I feel. If you score three home, you shouldn't draw or lose. In Correct. Yeah, I'm and, that, and that's that. the biggest problem, Rob. I mean, yeah. Look, I, I do want to touch on the Suchek red card quickly. If that's okay, if you if you want to talk about that, just I, I, I so couldn't give two you know what's about Suchek playing for West Ham, but I will explain it because again, I got lots of tweets about this. Yeah, and, which is why I'm bringing it and, up, and 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 it actually goes to show a little bit of kind of what we just said there about being reactionary and all of this. The letter of the law says that Suchek has to go. Is it violent conduct? No. Is it is it um, deliberate? No. That's not the law. The law says that if you if there is a dangerous act that a player commits, he has got the right, he has got the duty of care to make sure his arm is not there. That's his choice. Yeah, he can put it there or he can put it there. Now, a lot of people said on Twitter, but he's just putting his arm up in the air and that's what he's doing. No, his choice is to have his arm there. It goes in someone's face and the law actually says at the end that if it's a dangerous act, it results in a red card. That's what it says. That's the actual rule. So that's all the referee was doing. So I don't like Mike Dean as a referee. I think he can be a little bit cantankerous and a little bit over the top. But I'm not interested in that. I'm never interested in those things. Some referees are a bit more kind of 
uh, mouthy and a little bit kind of me, me, me. We've had referees like that in the, over the years. He's not the first one. But when he's making that decision, he stood in front of that monitor for a while because that's what they're discussing. And they're saying, was it a dangerous act? That's what they're discussing. And the thing is that when you see it in real time, not the replay, the slow-mo, you kind of see him put his elbow up and then he goes like, sorry, doesn't he? But that's not what you're judging. You're not judging whether he's sorry or not. That's not the point. The point is that in that split second when his arm goes up like that and jabs towards the face, is it a dangerous act? In real time, you see that it is a dangerous act, therefore it's a red card. It might get rescinded, you see, because when you look at it 500 times, you could say, but, you know, was it really dangerous? Was it? Well, I'm sorry, if it goes in someone's mouth, it's dangerous. If it's in the box... You know, like, you know, when the ball's in the air, people kind of feel a bit better about it and they go, yeah, that's a red card because it's a point of the elbow. But it's on the edge of the box and he shouldn't be putting his arm up like that. It's his duty of care. That's the rule. It's written in black and white. I disagree with you, but we're not going to go into it. I, tweet, you know? yeah, but I tweeted the rule. I tweeted yeah. the rule out. And the thing is, you can disagree with the black and white of the rule, what it says, or how you apply the rule. And yeah, that's, that's what you're disagreeing, that, that, right? Yeah, that's, that's what you're disagreeing. Yeah, so so that. the referees have to apply the letter of the law to what the referee association tell them to do. So I'm not saying whether I wanted Suchek off or not or whether I thought he deserved it or not. I couldn't give two you-know-whats. It's West Ham. This is a Manchester United show. Ultimately, I'm a Manchester United fan. In that moment, if a United player does that, unfortunately, I would have to agree that it's a red card because the letter of the law is clear. It's a dangerous act. So that's it is what it is. I don't care if people agree or not because it is what it is and he might get off on it. And I can see why West Ham fans would be upset by that because it's a moment at the end of a game. But you do see it in real time is that there is a movement towards the face and it is a point of an elbow. Someone said to me, oh, he was just bending his arm. Well, that is what a point of an elbow is. Look, I can show you in real time. If you bend your arm, then you, you create the point of the elbow. And the point of the elbow is not in the rule. It's the dangerous act. That's what the referee's looking for. And you could see he was thinking, oh, is it a dangerous act? Is it not? And between the two of them, very, very experienced referees, the letter of the law says it was a dangerous act. But who cares about Suchek after everything equalising in the 95th minute? Do you know what I mean? Stuff. Yeah, West yeah. I, I, I just feel I, I'm sure people we, wanted we, to talk about it on Twitter because they always do. And it's about being contrary, and people go, "Oh," and I saw journalists do it as well because journalists talk not yeah, in refereeing terms. They go, "Oh, it's terrible," you know, and they do it because they're not reading the letter of the law. They're just reading what they think they know or how they feel. And in your heart of hearts, you maybe don't want to see a player sent off for that. In your heart of hearts, but that's not the question. You know, I don't want. I'm not giving you that opinion of mine. I don't think he should be given a red card for that. That's not the point. The point yeah. is the law and the interpretation says it does. So what do you do, Haydar? You change the law. So yeah. as the law stands, you can't change the law in the game. So as it happens, you know, Mike Dean can't go. Because if he doesn't give that, then he goes away and he gets assessed. And the referee assessor says, the point of the elbow in that situation is a dangerous act. Why did you not give a red card? And he can't say anything then. He gets dropped for that. He gets dropped out of the Premier League and goes down to the Championship. That's how it works. So there, there is a thing there that referees want to do their job correctly and use the rules correctly and do their do as they, they've been taught to do. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter if you don't like it or if I don't like it. Or Twitter doesn't like it. Twitter doesn't like anything, though. So... Oh, I've lost your sound there, Haydar. I'm on mute. 
Apologies yeah, that's probably that. why then, yeah. That's probably why. I just, yeah. I'm really gutted, Rob. I'm absolutely gutted. I'm gutted because, like I said, large aspects of performance were fantastic. I thought that, um, you know, we've seen the forwards get back into some form. Mason, as, as G-Man said in the comments, looking yeah. very lively and sharp. That's a positive. I thought Marcus had a decent game today. I know, I know there's a few comments saying his decision-making is frustrating. He can't hold on to the ball, you know, in key, key moments at a time sometimes. But mm. in general, I think the front three, that is the front three that I'd be going forward you know, I just want to say that there's a comment there. Sorry to jump in, mate. There's a comment there saying Toon Zabie's getting racially abused at the moment on social media. So this is kind of the, the, the crossroads where we are, is that we want our players to play well, don't we? We want them to be empowered and we want them to do the best for that shirt that we wear and that we love and that they wear. Yeah, We are in this kind of catch-22 between facts and opinion. And, and people who lean on their kind of rancid opinions are going to do this over and over again. How is that boy going to feel seeing Manchester United fans racially abuse him? Or people that say they're Manchester United fans? So that, is a, that is a bigger thing. And, and I'd like to hear more like questions from our audience here today because like we've got kind of 20 minutes before we wrap up. And it's one of those games where you can't really break down a lot of the tactical bits because it did work. <laughs> it was a game that did quite well. In, you yeah. know, we said that Just United three, played a good game of Three bad mistakes, Rob, and we're sitting here feeling like it's a lot. Well, it is a loss. Three, so, yeah, and three silly errors as well. They're not kind of like, oh, well, you know, why did you do it? De Gea, De Gea's parry, you know, nine times out of ten, he makes the right decision. But the problem is in that one time out of ten, he makes a bad choice, is that it drops you points. So that's an issue. And, you know, you've got a very good young goalkeeper sat on the bench. But saying there that Tuanzebe is getting racially abused because he fouled someone, got too tight in the last minute when he's got no running in his legs and he's out there on the right-hand side trying to stop them. He really is like the last player I'm thinking about in that whole scenario. You think about how United dropped points today. It's got nothing to do with Axel Tuanzebe. However, there will be United fans who will racially abuse him because it's just easy. You know, it's easy to be emotional and over the top. And you know, we say get too high, get too low. It's not even anything about that. It's just being rancid. And that poor boy's going to get it in yeah. here. Yeah, it's yeah, disgusting it, and we're not going to take it. You know, it's, we're not going to accept it. It's just how it goes. We will fight against it too for now until we kind of get somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, at the end of the day, Rob, as well, I, something bigger needs to be done. Some, uh, you know, these social media companies, they need to be implementing things, you know, like your IDs. Then something needs to be done, Rob, because this is becoming a common theme. Every game after a black player either makes a mistake or doesn't have a good performance, it's absolutely disgusting, Rob. And I, I really do feel like the clubs should tell the players either to turn your comments off as well or get off social media. Because at the end of the day, you know, you didn't have this problem 20 years ago because obviously the technology wasn't there, but you've got to move with the times as well. I mean, the mental effect it's going to have on Axel. He's already had a difficult game, obviously, the other day, and this has happened today. But again, I'm not even thinking about Axel as a pro as. But do you know what it is, Haydar? Hey, it's like me, like say I walk down the street, right? I'm a brown man, yeah, and you know, person of color like yourself, yeah. You can see it. We've got color pigmentation on skin. If I walk down the road and someone racially abuses me, is the answer for me to get off the street? No, it isn't. So, you know, we're all going to use social media however we want to use it because it's there, because it's part of the world now. So we decide to use it. Footballers are no different to us. How can we say to footballers, hey, guys, don't use it just in case someone racially abuses you? That's just reductive and crazy. Rob, don't walk down the street because there's a guy down there who's racially abusing you. What? I will walk on that street. This is my street. So that's how I look at it. And I don't want players feeling that because that was put 
uh, to a pundit. I think the other day, I think Clinton, uh, Clinton Morrison, I think it was, was asked yeah. exactly the same thing, and he said exactly the same answer. And that is, it's up to social media to, uh, media companies to clean it up. So there is ways of doing that. I know lots of people don't want IDs and feeling that they need to be verified. But I think we've got to the point with social media is that if you want an account and you want to have a gob and you want to say it to the world, because that's what social media is, is talking, isn't it? Challenging, saying what you feel. If you want to do that, stick your name on it. Yeah, stick your name on it. Stick your name on it. If you're from, if you're, if you've got nothing to hide from what you want to say, and you're, you're going to racially abuse people, at least stick your name on it. And that's the problem. There's plenty of people that will say, but I have an account, and I live in a country maybe where we have oppressive regimes, and we can't do that. Then maybe you need something country to country. Maybe there is a different way of doing it, where you know, in a war-torn area, where they would use it for positive means to maybe communicate ideas and stuff that's happening in the news. Or maybe then when we look at kind of football and people being racially abused in England, maybe there's an issue there that we need to look at that something distinctly English. I don't know. I'm not saying that's exactly how it is, but I think that's the bigger picture is that when you're looking for solutions, you need to think outside the box. Yeah, absolutely, Robert. Just it makes me so it upsets me so much, you know, after each game we're seeing this sort of thing. And it's just it's absolutely disgusting. As you say, it's rancid, it's vile. Well, let's move on to the final word and I, I really just want to end on a positive, Rob. We've got a good got a good comment here from Cobb. This is a show I need every god supposing Maguire's fault on other shows. <laughs> <laughs> Cobb, you're lucky. You know this isn't like any other show. So, look, I just I want to be positive because do you know why? Because for 89 minutes of that game, I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed it. I thought United played some fantastic attacking football. They were fluid. Cavani's movement was fantastic. Greenwood excited me. I was thinking, this is the Mason that I want to see week in, week out, Rob. You know, Bruno with an absolute perler of a goal. I thought Pogba was looking really, really good until he got, got injured. And that's that's actually a big thing, Rob, that Pogba being out. And that looked, was it a groin? Was it a thigh? Hopefully not too long. Looked like a thigh. Could be out for, what, four or five weeks. So yeah. that's a big, big hit for United's season. Um, you know, a lot of positives. I thought, the well, again, the fullbacks both got on got assists again second game in a row we want to see them getting forward they were doing that Wambasaka looks more confident Luke Shaw as we know McTominay got a goal you know so many positives Rob <laughs> but three mistakes three silly mistakes three times we switched off De Gea who I absolutely love and he, you know I've I've supported him for years and I'll still support him but you know serious questions do have to be asked whether he deserves to have his spot you know is it time to give Henderson an opportunity but where do United go from here now we've uh We've dropped points again. Let's forget about the title. I don't want to talk about the title because we shouldn't be thinking about that. We should be thinking about each game as they come. We've got West Ham midweek. What does Oli do? I know you're not big on the, the FA Cup, but do you, does Oli focus again on the league? Does he rest some players and then go again on the weekend and go to West Brom? I'm just not interested in tin pot cups. Like I, I know that everyone has this thing about winning trophies, but it's not really about winning trophies. It's about being good in the league. That's what it's about. That's how you win trophies. That's how you become better. That's how Man City win the League Cup every year because they put the reserves out in the League Cup and they win it every season when they're winning championships. So for me, that's what it's about. And I think, you know, what do United do next? Well, they go back on the training ground and they fix it. They go and correct it. And we're in a situation now, whereas before, if De Gea made a mistake, say, last season, we didn't have a goalkeeper to come in. I think now when there is an error, and I said this at the start of the campaign, 
the issue for David is that when he does make an error or a mistake, there's this young buck waiting to take his shirt and his place. Now, it's exactly the same as we did with, with Cavani and Martial. Martial, for me, is the starting number nine. I've said that constantly. David Hayer is the starting goalkeeper. They are the guys you start the season with in that formula. It doesn't mean that they can't be dropped. It doesn't mean that you don't give someone else a chance. It means that that's your, your first step. That's where you're going. I look at it like this. Cavani starts now. I think that's the correct call because that's what the football's told us. And today, David De Gea really should have done better with both of those goals. Those two goals that are not strictly his fault. I think the third one, you know, people will say, could he have done more? That's what I'm worried about. He could have done more. It doesn't mean that, you know, Maguire shouldn't have stepped back and played everyone onside, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What I'll say is this, I don't think that it's 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 the right thing to do is just to blame individuals. I think with all of those goals, there was a whole process behind yeah, each one of those goals. Events yeah. that do you know what? It. United need to get better at, hey, Dad, I need to get better at being boring. I keep saying this, put the ball on the deck, be boring, keep it for 10 minutes, catch your breath, make the opponents run and just do that. And United are just not good at that. It, and that is, I think, a really good marker as to where they are in the development of this squad. So that's why I refuse to talk about titles in general. I think United fans can get high about being in the top four, challenging City. You know, we would, would have been close today. Obviously, if we would won, we'd kind of people would be talking about the title again. I don't want to talk about a title because that is the ultimate goal. The title is the ultimate goal. This We're Manchester United... Yet. Of course we're not. Anyone that thinks we're even close to being there, is again, I don't get it. I really don't understand. But what you can do is enjoy the process. And that is that if United play well, you can go, that's good. I've seen them go from here, from being, like like Gary Neville said on the telly today, it was, probably, it was quite poignant. He said, you know, this is probably the best that the front four have looked in terms of their transition and their ball control. And I agree with that. And his reasoning for that, and I disagreed with this, was it was because Rashford's on the left and Greenwood's on the right. Well, that's an easy an easy assessment. I just think, hey, it's about players just doing their jobs. Do your job and it's all right. Paul Pogba is getting plaudits now because Paul Pogba's doing his job. That's kind of all it is. It's not that Paul Pogba's suddenly magically a different footballer. It's because he's just going that extra yard to kind of making sure I, he, I do want to he looks up some, I do think that you did see when Cavani... Obviously, now he's in the first team a little bit more. I do think that the chemistry wasn't quite there with Marcus and with Mason. And I do think that now we're starting to see that they're understanding each other's games. So Cavani now knows, okay, right, Better. Marcus yeah. is going to do this. And that's really key. I think this is where that, that time comes in, you know, that patience. You know, you can't just drop a player in who's brand new and go, right, okay, now you've got to understand. Like Van der Beek comes in, he's not getting many minutes. I, I do honestly think a big aspect, he's not pulling up trees at the moment, but one of the big factors for him also not playing well is that he's not used to what people are doing around him. When he's playing at Ajax, <clears throat> 10 men, you know, like to play one-touch football, etc. Um, but I, I honestly don't think, I mean, you saw several times in the last game with Van der Beek that he was making runs that Martial was making, you know, getting in each other's way. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to finish on one positive, Rob, here, because JL's got a question. What are your thoughts on the 23s? Some fantastic talents, aren't they? You look, I mean, they were great the other night. Uh, you've got Medjbri, obviously we've got our, our lad Diallo. You've got Shola Shortai, who's absolutely fantastic. You've got Hugh Gill as well. Um, Phil Neville's son had a good game as well. They yeah, were they were yeah. brilliant. I mean, scored six goals, I believe. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on them? And future is bright, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's the best shape that the kind of academy and also the under-23s has been in for quite a long time. So that is a positive, obviously. And I think with United, they lost their way with the academy really all the way from when Van Gaal came in. Van Gaal came to the football club. United didn't have anyone running the academy. And Van Gaal said from day one, I'm not interested in the academy because I have to win in the next two years. So I get that. And I get that Mourinho as well, even though he's produced some very good players at Chelsea, he's never one to kind of really push on young talent. I think Ole's the right manager for that part of the project. So we look at the under-23s and we look at the guys who are on the cusp of coming through. So everyone's very excited about Diallo. We all know this. But if you drop Diallo in there today, Diallo doesn't win you this game. You know, you look at kind of all of the young lads you just mentioned there who are all having incredibly good seasons and are are progressing nicely. If you drop them in today, it doesn't take you on to the next step. It's like Mengi, isn't it? Mengi could be a world-class defender eventually. Well, if Mengi was playing today, he'd be quicker than Maguire, but he wouldn't be the right choice. So the best thing to do is put Mengi in Derby County's team and let him play football. So I think uh, as in a kind of way of uh, ending the show, I think the under-23s are going to produce some really good fruit. I think we can pick from that tree and we'll find that I think next season, maybe not this year, but maybe this year and the following season, is that you will see that United's squad will swell with really good, talented youth. And this is why I'm not sat here going, like a lot of people are saying tonight, what would they be saying? We need Sancho. We need Upa Meccano. Because they're just easy things to say, aren't they? The the correct thing to say is, right, let's bring through the kids. Let's buy the right players to complement the whole system. And yeah, is the right player Sergio Ramos? After watching that today, I think United would have won this game if Sergio Ramos was a centre-back. It's not, It doesn't mean that he's the long-term answer. Certainly not. But it means that he might be a guy that takes your defence just up another notch. And if we're this close to Man City with a team that's flawed, if you become a little bit more perfect, you get a little bit closer. Yeah, and I'm going to finish with this comment here, Rob, from James saying, I don't think we can fix this on the training ground. We can only fix this in the market. A proper team looks at deficiencies and buys the players to plug the gaps like Virgil van Dijk and Allison. Potentially, I, I, I agree with that. I, yeah, I, think- I, I agree with that. I agree with that as well. But I think it's, I think it's also, it's not, it's not fixed for today, James. You know, you want to fix, like you said there, what happens next for Man United? Well, next isn't the transfer market. That's that's the future. So we can say, yeah, we we want to buy a defender, or you buy play. You want to get your Van Dyke or your Allison, but your Van Dyke or Allison doesn't exist. They're not on the market. So where is your Van Dyke? Where is your Allison? You have to identify them. So for me, it's about game to game. And this is what this podcast is about. It's about what can you do? All you can do is get on a training ground and fix it. That's all you can do. You haven't got any other choices. There's no magic here. You have to go and work bloody hard. And this United team needs to work harder. I think in those scenarios, it's not that the players don't want it. They will be in the dressing room now, like I said before, in after the Sheffield United defeat. They will be livid. They will really, you could see how shocked they look at the final whistle. They were like, and they knew it because they know what's coming, don't they? They know that the wave of pain from the media and from the fans and from everyone else, they know it's on their on their backs. But you have to go and fix it on a training ground. That's what you do. And yes, go and get your generational talents in the t- transfer market. Please tell me who they are. I honestly still don't, I don't see it. I still don't think Upa Meccano is the perfect fit. I still don't think he'll come to the football club as it stands. Koulibaly's old, you know, we said this at centre-backs. Who, who do you go and get? Where where are these players? You know, Van Dyke was probably the last player of his type, of his ilk. Someone said Varane, obviously, earlier on. What? what yeah. Why does Varane want to come to United? Yeah. 
For ain't looking at United going, oh, that's, I'm desperate to go to Man United. You have to find the right player. I don't think for He's also is... very injury-prone, Rob. He's like, also very injury prone, but again, that becomes about opinion, doesn't it? Rather than facts and stats. So Varane is a very, very good player, and we know this. But is he the right player to take you over the top? Is Varane as good as Van Dyke when you put Van Dyke in Liverpool? So would Varane take United over the top? Not for me. He's a good player, and I would have had him years ago. Absolutely, I thought it was a great. You know, would have been a great yeah, sign. Back when we wanted him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I, I don't, you know, people saying, like, but this is when we go around in circles, isn't it? Is it Baye? Is it Tu and Zabi? Is it Lindelof? Is it McQuire? Well, you've, all you can do is put him on a training pitch and see what happens. Get him on a training pitch and say, right, we have to work on this now. And you have to get better at keeping the ball in the last 10 minutes of matches. And you can because you're professional footballers. You've all got talent. Use your bloody talent and don't look like Muppets in the last 10 minutes of games. Now, you can say that to them. You can be frank. And I think Ole will be. You know, and you see in that last bit of the press there that he put out today. That's what he said. Put the ball in the corner flag. See the game out. You know, that's not, that's not transfer doesn't fix that. You know, having Van Dyke doesn't fix that. You know, exactly. what fix that is just using your brain and also having the guts in those last few minutes just to kind of say, right, hang on, you know, I'm going to be aggressive still. I'm going to play like it's the first minute and not the last. I'm going to have the right mentality. I think there is a long-term question on Maguire. I think there's a long-term question on whoever his partner is, even if it might be a case you get two. Torres and Ramos would be a kind of quick fix answer. Yeah. But would they need a year to settle? You see, so this is the thing. You bring Torres in. Would he need time? He would probably. He'd need time. The Premier League is a different animal to playing in La Liga. So you have to then be patient there. So it doesn't stop, you see, just because you found a better player. You have to integrate them. I think Ole's done a really good job of making the squad play better football. They're playing much better football. What we saw today was better than what we saw in the first weeks of the season. It's better than what we saw at the end of last season. It's better than what we saw at the start of both this season and last season. So there is progress and it's tangible. But these players just have to step up a little bit more. Go a little bit further. Don't make your manager have to stand there and answer questions about your ineptitude because you should be better and you should be doing it on a weekly basis. The first half was great. The second half, not so great. But it only came down to stoppage time. If you fix stoppage time, you win this game. Exactly. Absolutely right, Rob. And that's it from us today, guys. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you for joining us, uh, both myself and Rob. Yeah, not happy about the result. But honestly, we've got to think about the next game. Go and lick your wounds, everyone. Go yeah. and lick your wounds. You're allowed to feel like you know what today. You're allowed. I'm not swearing on YouTube again. You know, you're allowed to feel bad today because, you know, it hurts. We're all stings. hurting yeah. and that finds. And it does stink because it comes from mistakes. But do you know what? You can correct mistakes. That's a good thing. You can go away and correct them. What you can't correct is things like class and ability and skill. And this United team, we've got fullbacks that attack now. I'm so happy. We've got someone like Bruno that gives you leadership. I'm happy. We've got a striker really pushing the boundaries at the top. That's great. Marcus is developing. That's great. We have got young under 23 players who are going to come through. We've also got two of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, even though one failed us today. You know, these are all positives. There are positives. But yes, you can go away tonight. You won't want to be watching match of the day. You'll want to be just turning your telly off turning your phone off, going to sleep and getting on for the next game. Absolutely. Try and enjoy Sunday as well, guys. I will try. Just forget about it. We're back. United playing on Tuesday against uh, West Ham in the FA Cup. So we will see you then. Take care and we'll see you next time. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.